Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Reach. Actually, the first episode of Reach for 2022. I'm I'm back in the studio and excited to be back here with Stacy DeRosa. Good morning. How are you, Stacy? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. In today's episode of Reach, I am joined by Stacy DeRosa, who is the former executive assistant to the founder and CEO of Glossier, Emily Weiss. Now, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Glossier. Maybe you've been to one of their flagship stores or you're one of their many millions of customers. They are the popular beauty brand. And you may even be familiar with their CEO, Emily Weiss. She is a Forbes 30 under 30 recipient and also Time Magazine Next 100 recipient. Stacy spent nearly three years supporting Emily in that position. And prior to supporting Emily, she supported the CFO of Stripe for three years. You also, fun fun sidebar note, supported the legendary David Copperfield earlier on. Is that correct? I did. Yes. Um, it was an amazing experience. Um, had no interest in magic prior to that, um, but learned a lot. And yes, no many secrets um, that I won't be able to expose. Yes. No. Don't don't ruin the magic for us, right. so to speak. Yeah. I actually went to many, many, many years ago when I was a kid. I think it was in Reno, I want to say. We were in Tahoe, and um, there was an opportunity to see David Copperfield live. And we drove, you know, I just remember, like, being exhausted and driving down these, like, super dark, windy roads on the way back from the concert or concert from the performance. But it was pretty legendary, I have to say. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about the difference between supporting a member of the C-suite team, as you did at Stripe, versus what it means to support the founder of an organization as you did at Glossier with Emily. And while it might seem like there wouldn't be a ton of difference between the two, I think that as you're going to reveal, there actually are quite a few differences. And we're looking forward to really understanding and unpacking what some of those differences might entail. Can you set the scene by sharing what was your role at Stripe like when you were supporting the CFO? And I think in particular, it'd be great to understand, you know, what your focus was, um, what your scope was, what was really on your radar as the CFO's assistant. Yeah, sure. First, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's so nice to be here and I'm excited to talk to everyone. I've, I've uh, listened to a bunch of the podcasts in the past and um, they've been so helpful um, and I've, I've learned so much from them. So thank you. Um, so yeah, I joined Stripe back in 2016. It was, it was pretty early, early days for them. Um, I was the third EA to join the company, uh, and, um, uh, joined the first year I supported the CFO and the general counsel. Um, and it was interesting because the, the CFO had just joined the company maybe two months prior to me joining. Um, and he, it was his first time working a startup. He was, he was a, v, uh, a VC for a while before that. Um, we both just moved to the West coast. So we had a lot in common, um, up front. So I feel like that created, you know, a little bit more of a sort of intimate, uh, 
you know, dynamic, which was really nice. I remember in our first interview, we were kind of laughing the whole time about how we were sort of lost in this new startup space and um, being on the West Coast, be, uh, both being New Yorkers prior. Um, but yeah, the, the scope of my role was very much um, focused on, you know, setting him up for success um, since he was new to the company, um, you know, creating that like sort of infrastructure and organization that he needed in order to be successful. Um, and both of us just sort of like navigating Stripe um, during this like super high growth time. Um, and so I did, of course, all of the sort of administrative parts of the role, um, but also did a lot of team support. So worked closely with the finance team on their meetings and their offsites and sort of various projects. Um, the cool thing was, and which might be different than um, uh, someone who's supporting a C-level, you know, going into supporting a founder, was that our the CFO at Stripe was, uh, he had like a very dynamic leadership role. So um, about halfway into my time there, he started to sort of like manage the leadership team as opposed mm. to the CEO and the founders. So I did get to dabble a lot in uh, sort of managing leadership team meetings and offsites and, and projects for the leadership team as a whole, um, which was really nice because that sort of set me up to have the right expectations for supporting a founder. Um, I think the other thing was that um, we were in a super high growth stage. So uh, when I joined Stripe, the finance team was seven or eight people maybe. And by uh, after three years had passed, um, we we were up to about 30 plus, maybe 40. Um, wow. And so a lot of my role was helping him scale his organization and the operations within the team and the communication within the team. Um, so I mostly focused on finance um, and of course, of course, uh, worked you know, quite a bit cross-functionally, but finance was my focus there. I think um, what's really interesting about that is is the emphasis on on the scaling and creating, you know, scalable processes and, and solutions and systems. And I mean, obviously, you'll, you'll tell us more when we get to that part of the conversation, but I would have to assume that that's something that um, you really drew upon in your work with Emily, because obviously, I mean, her, her company um, has gone through just a, a really catalytic expansion. Um, so it's, it's interesting to, it will be interesting to hear how you applied that learning to your next role. Um, so you, as you mentioned, you were with Stripe for a couple of years. And then how did you end up supporting the, the founder at Glossier? What was the impetus for that move? And, and how did you find yourself in that position? It was sort of unexpected. Um... And I didn't really seek it out. Actually, um, I was originally from the. Or I'm originally from the East Coast, uh, and I was looking for new opportunities to move back to the East Coast, and potentially was looking within Stripe to do something else, a different kind of role. Um, but the CFO, uh, my manager at the time, his partner was Emily, um, and still is. <laughs> and so he was like, you know what, Emily's looking for a new EA. She really wants to sort of like step up the caliber of uh, the person that's going to support her. And so, you know, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, for sure. You know, what a great opportunity to work for a founder, um, yeah. especially a female founder. Um, and so it was really nice because I, I didn't really have to go through like the traditional interview process. Um, I was really lucky. I had, you know, the CFO's endorsement up front. Um, mm -hmm. And so I sort of had that like, innate trust from the beginning with Emily. Um, and yeah, at that point, I wasn't really sure which direction my career was headed in, but I did know if I did want to stick with 
doing the EA role that it would be, you know, monumental to be able to support a founder. Um, I think like the vantage point of an EA to a founder is not the same as a, a C-level. I think they're different, um, not necessarily better, but just different. I knew I'd get a lot of visibility into, you know, every part of the organization. I'd learn a lot about fundraising um, and just learn a lot, you know, personally from Emily on how she built this, you know, incredible thing from nothing or from a blog, actually. Um, And so um, I was really excited to work super closely with someone who created, you know, something that's literally her baby. Um, and it's so personal to her. And so I, I thought the role would be, you know, really interesting. And so I, I said, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> who would say no Why to not? that? Right? Who would say no to that? Well, and I read a, a great piece that I'm sure you're familiar with the piece. It's in Vanity Fair about um, Emily and, and how she built Glossier and, and, you know, into this unicorn company. And you're mentioned in it. And it's it was great. It was there's a piece where they talk about going into her apartment and seated at the large banquet table is Stacy, who's <laughs> responding, funny. you know, fervently to a bunch of things. And I was like, that's our girl. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. So what were your expectations, you know, heading into the role? Like you mentioned you knew that you'd you'd get this vantage point, right? That's kind of unparalleled, this chance to work with a really um, driven, you know, envelope pushing um, visionary. Um, And you mentioned as well that you'd get the chance to be part of fundraising and seeing how all of that happens. But what other expectations did you have heading into the role? Um, You know, things that you that you thought maybe were actually affirmed, or maybe they were debunked, I don't know. But I'm curious what you were thinking as you as you made your way into that position. Sure. So first thing I think is, um, you know, I had never supported uh, a female uh, executive or had a female manager. So I thought, you know, the dynamic there might be quite different and exciting. Um, And so that was, you know, something that I expected to be different um, from previous roles working with David Copperfield and the CFO at Stripe. Um, I think I expected it to be a challenge. Um, I I knew it was a different type of business, different type of product. Um, And so I knew that there would be a big learning curve. Um, So I also knew that Emily was very much a creative and she really needed this like powerhouse operator to come in and, you know, help set herself up for success and the business up for success as, as it was growing. Um, The other thing was I knew that she didn't have many leaders in place. So I knew that she was probably very involved in every part of the business and constantly switching gears. Whereas, you know, supporting the CFO, he was switching gears, but he had like, you know, his main focus and his function. And so um, I thought it'd be, you know, quite different in that way. I feel like a lot of my expectations were were true and correct. Um, I think the one thing I didn't uh, expect was the volume of work um, Mm. coming in supporting a founder and CEO. Um, It was, you know, I was busy at Stripe and there was a lot to do and I got to, you know, dip my hands into a lot of different projects and and areas. But with Emily, it was, it was next level. And um, I, I quickly learned that Although she had been a founder for five or so years, I believe it was, prior to me joining, um, there was not a lot of organization in her life, um, mm. personal life or or business life. And so there was a lot of like groundwork for me to do. 
Let's talk about, I mean, it, not to put you on the spot, but um, you mentioned, you know, this this whole element, kind of this this unknown quotient, right, which was supporting a female and having that dynamic and introducing that dynamic into your um, professional relationship. And I'm curious how, if if at all, do you think her identity as a woman, you know, surfaced in her leadership style or in how she runs the business or, you know, just how she relates to, to her support, to her executives. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I would say, and I don't know if it's, if it's due to just the type of person she is, um, or that she's a female. Um, but I think that, you know, she led the company, she was very raw, um, her emotions were were very real and transparent in in the best way possible. Um, and you know, I think uh, not to say the CFO at Stripe was not that way. It just it was very much intensified with Emily. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know if it's because she was a female or because she is a founder, and this is again her baby. I'm going to say that a million times, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like her actual child. Um, and the the risk and the pressure was just so much more. Uh, relevant for her. You know, communication was a little bit different with Emily. Um, I think that maybe it was a little bit more open. And again, like I said, raw and a little bit more um, transparent. And I'm going to say this over and over again, but I'm not necessarily sure it's because she's a female or because she's a founder or she's just a different type of person. It's it's very hard because it's not apples to apples, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 a great point that you're making, and and one of the things that I was also curious about, right, is that when it comes to some of the differences of supporting a C level um, who you know is ma- perhaps not a founder, right, um, as was the case with with the CFO that you supported, um, versus supporting a founder, right, and and I think there was a beautiful sound bit that you gave us um, earlier, which was. That you know everything that she experienced was intensified tenfold, and that you know the risk and the pressure that she um, had to shoulder was just so much more relevant. And I, I feel like there's that's a really really powerful soundbite when you think about what it means to support a founder, because like you said, everything is on the line for them. It's not just a job to them. And I don't mean to trivialize, you know, what, what a CFO or a COO or whoever, you know, feels when they're in their seat, I'm sure they are, you know, weathering those pressures as well, but there's something intimately um, connected about, you know, and, 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 and personal about your company coming to light. And it's a very vulnerable thing, I would have to assume. So, yeah, I'm just. I'd love to hear more on that. I think that was a really great um, difference that you identified between, you know, working for an executive versus working for a founder. Yeah, the CFO was was very passionate about his role and and the work that he was doing, but uh, it's just a it's a different it's a different level when you're a founder. Um, I often thought about you know all the like blood, sweat, and tears that Emily put into building this company and how passionate she is about the mission of Glossier. And so, um, you know, I, I felt like that put more pressure on me, um, in a good way. You know, I felt like I, um, I, I've always held my, myself to, you know, very high standards. 
I feel like, you know, her being the founder and the pressure and the risk really pushed me to make the right decisions um, and be really rigorous about my work and, 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 you know, the things that I was doing. Um, I also felt like it sort of created, you know, a, a very intimate dynamic between me and her. I mean, I remember, you know, uh, I don't think she'd mind me saying this, but there were times when, you know, she needed to cry into my shoulder. So, and, mm-hmm. and I was there and, and vice versa, it was not a one-sided relationship. Um, mm-hmm. but that's how, you know, intense and, and passionate she was about what she's building and, and making sure that, yeah. you know, she's doing the right things. And so, um, I feel like that made me stronger as an EA. Um, there wasn't, you know, I was held, I believe I held myself, if not, you know, both of us held me to higher standards than um, when I was supporting a C level, um, just because, you know, uh, I think part of it too is, you know, she is the face of the company and, and that makes me the face of the company as well. Um, and, and there's so much external, so many external relationships, um, lots of media that she's involved in. And so I needed to make sure that I was, I was doing my best work so that, you know, I I didn't reflect poorly on her, um, in any way. So, um, I think that's probably one of the main differences, um, you know, with supporting a a founder versus a C-level. Yeah. And, and you touched on this a little bit, like the fundraising element. Um, obviously that's always, uh, key area of focus for any founder. Where's the money? Um, (laughs) Got to keep the funding going. Um, And you mentioned as well, like the media and uh, particularly for a company like Glossier, that's so, I mean, so marketing heavy and so much about, um, you know, consumer facing and, and really capturing the attention and the fervor of, of the consumer. Um, so it's very, it's very much a marketing focused organization, but I'm curious, like other than media and, you know, and fundraising, are there other things that were, that were within your purview as an EA to a founder that maybe you didn't tackle, um, in your other positions? I think I didn't expect this as much coming into supporting Emily, but there's a lot of personal overlap when you're working for a founder, maybe not so Mm. much as CEO, but there's, I, I felt, I felt like there definitely is not a fine line there, you know, because there are business and personal relationships that sort of overlap and, uh, the, the business or the company is, you know, their life. And so, um, I felt like, you know, Glossier touches every part of Emily's life. And so there was quite a bit of personal sort of overlap there. And so I took on a lot of personal work for her as well, um, which was interesting. I I learned a lot. I mean, um, I learned about buying a house and, (laughs) um, you know, uh, working on personal finances and things like that, which is which is really awesome. But um, yeah, I would say that's one of the main differences as well. Yeah. Interesting. One of the things you mentioned was that obviously supporting a founder is it's a, a more personal, their investment in their role is, is oftentimes more personal and they're more invested. Um, how did that impact, you know, just knowing that and understanding that about Emily, how did that impact how you supported her or how you showed up for her? I mean, you mentioned that there were times when you had to, you know, be a shoulder, so to speak, um, to lean on or, or cry on, but how... Knowing the intensity um, that she was going through, how did that impact how you showed up for her? An example might be uh, leadership hiring. Like I said, when I first came in, um, we were sort of very lean on the leadership team, but I knew that she was really 
struggling or the company was struggling with, you know, finding the right leaders and finding the right fit and also identifying, you know, what sort of leaders we needed. And, um, you know, that was a good time spent for Emily, but also she was doing some of the legwork that I could have taken off for her, um, such as like, managing the relationships with the headhunters that we were using mm. um, and, and, and stuff like that. And so I feel like, um, yeah, the, the sort of intensity and the pressure was just so much more visible to her that it actually motivated me more to, to step in areas where I maybe felt a little bit uncomfortable or needed to challenge myself a little bit more um, or, you know, was ed- uneducated in um, to see how I can help. Um, you know, I'm very much a support person, obviously, and, um, you know, a yes person, but I feel like at Glossier that sort of, uh, you know, tripled for me because I, I saw how real and personal it was to her. When we first connected with you about um, being a guest on the podcast, you had mentioned that there was sort of this inherent disconnect um, between you and the broader organization at Glossier. What, what did you mean by that? Can you elaborate more and, and what that what that meant? Yeah, so I think one of the main differences uh, between supporting a C-level and a founder or a CEO um, was that at Stripe, supporting a CFO, uh, the finance team was my team. Um, I was, I formed, you know, deep relationships with people within the team. I worked very closely with them, um, as was the EA team there, um, which was quite larger than at Glossier. Um, but at Glossier, supporting Emily, um, I felt a bit siloed, I think. Um, you know, I didn't have that functional specific team. I had the EA team, which was quite small and they were wonderful and, you know, we were very close, but I was missing that sort of like deeper org connection. Um, I felt like my team was the EA team, but also the leadership team, which is just different than having, you know, uh, uh, colleagues that you're close with, um, you know, that are different levels across the org. And so that was my disconnect. I felt siloed at times. Um, and I think to be completely transparent, I did a poor job of, of working on that. Mm. <laughs> um, I should have made it a priority more. Um, I think the other thing is, you know, sometimes um, people could potentially be a little bit afraid to get too close to you if mm-hmm. you're so close to the founder um, or want to get super close to you for, you know, reasons that maybe aren't, aren't the best. Mm. And so, yeah, that was a little bit tricky for me. I feel like I, I always tried to keep my door open to make sure that people knew I was welcoming and, you know, um, and open to forming relationships, but I wasn't that great about being proactive about it. And I think that would have, you know, really helped me in the role. Um, I think also Emily needed that too. Um, which unfortunately, again, I wasn't the best at, but she constantly, you know, wanted a pulse on the company and she wanted to know how people were feeling and what the sort of vibe was at a given moment. And I was pretty honest with her, you know, when, when that fell through the crack and, and I didn't do a great job, um, at that part of the role. Um, but I think, um, it was amazing that she, she always wanted to get a pulse and a vibe no matter how big we were growing and, um, you know, really wanted to be connected to all levels of the company. And so, um, I think it would have, you know, looking back, I would have done a better job at, you know, reaching out for those random coffees and, um, you know, getting to know people a little bit more on a personal level that were outside of my sort of leadership team, EA team, uh, teams that I worked closely with. Yeah. Well, and I, I think what you're, what you're describing is not atypical to what we've heard other people in CEO support or office of the CEO roles where, I mean, they basically said it's, it's kind of lonely, <laughs> you know, there's, yes. there's a lot, 
There's a lot that you can't say. There's a lot that you can't do. There's a lot that you can't participate in. There's a lot that you can't share. So sometimes it's kind of these um, so, sort of limited interactions, you know, and it's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. I think it's like, yeah, you just you have to seek out the opportunity to sort of to sort of connect more to to others within the company. It's not going to come naturally um, working with a CEO or a founder um, to no one's fault. It's just you know the the nature of the role. Yeah, absolutely. So, what advice would you have for those of our listeners who maybe they have a goal as well of you know, supporting a founder or CEO one day, or maybe, you know, they're at a stage in their career where they're supporting a VP or an SVP and they're wanting to support a C-level. What what advice would you give to them looking back and thinking back through the different phases of your career um, if they were to, let's say, you know, reach out to want to support a CEO or founder? Yeah, I'd say... Try to get yourself exposure to as many leaders as possible. Um, even if you are the, you know, like I said at Stripe, I I supported the CFO, but halfway through my time there, I I was the one in the leadership meetings, and and I don't think that was because I did anything amazing. I think it was because of the nature of my CFO's role, but I was able to interact with all the leaders at Stripe more deeply than maybe some of the other EAs being involved in the leadership team and agenda. So it's, and so, I'm sorry, and offsites. And so um, I'd say, you know, get exposure to many different types of leaders and personalities um, prepared to sort of be more emotionally invested maybe in the work that you're doing. Um, because I think, you know, like we mentioned a bunch, the the passion and the risk and the pressure is all there for a founder. And so you need to sort of like match them on that. Be ready for a challenge um, and uh, be excited to form this deep relationship with somebody who built something, you know, uh, with all of their heart. Um, I think it makes it that much more special supporting someone like that. One of the best things about supporting Emily and a founder or a CEO is that you're sort of... Um, at the front of the line for when there are like amazing successes or great things happening or some kind of big accomplishment. And I feel like, you know, when you're in a team and, um, you know, you meet your goal or you meet your goals or, um, you know, uh, tackle this really, you know, hard project and succeed, it's always fun to celebrate. But I felt like one of the most special things working for Emily was that like, I was one of the first people to, you know, sort of join in on that celebration or for her to, you know, inform me about. And yeah. it was like, the celebration was like tenfold, you know, because it meant that much more to her, whatever it may be. It might be again, fundraising and we raised a certain amount or, you right. know, um, we hit a certain goal, but for her, it was just like so exciting. And, you know, um, she was so passionate about it that it made me feel so much more energetic, um, and, you know, excited. So, uh, all of the victories that we had were just like in the past, they were fun to celebrate and they were, you know, great things. And, and the team was really excited, but for Emily, it was like, Oh my God, this is happening. You know, this is amazing. Like it was just was next yeah. level. So, well, I mean, it's like you, you're training with them the whole time. You're training with them, you're training with them, you're training with them. And so the, you know, you're you're so invested, you know what it's taken and how much agony and <laughs> all, all of the near misses and all of the, the close calls and all the things that almost didn't come together or 
all the things that you had to, you know, redo, right? Because they fell apart. Like there's so much context that you get as the person supporting that founder that you otherwise you wouldn't know. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there, there's nothing more powerful and rewarding than a victory that you've, you know, literally cultivated from the ground up. Um, it's just, it's, it's truly unparalleled. You know, you're, you're fueling their fire and, and some of that light, you know, kind of shines on you too, as far as like that energy and that kind of like magnetism, you know, um, of, of really like being truly in the trenches and truly invested, um, not without its challenges, as you said, but I, I think too, there's, there's a really interesting opportunity. I mean, every, every challenge and everything that gets thrown your way also becomes a builder for you. It's, that's a resume builder. That's an, that's another accolade that you can speak to. That's another accomplishment that you can, you know, reference. I mean, all of those challenges, the flip side of them is there's, there's growth there and it becomes something that you can say you did. And that, that's a huge, you know, feather in your cap as you go into your next thing, whatever that might be. Um, Speaking of, <laughs> what what is your next thing? What are you thinking of at this point? I mean, you've 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 you left Glossier, um, so we should clarify to our listeners: you left Glossier, and you've had like this really incredibly interesting, really varied, um, really impressive career working for you know some some incredible behemoths um, and and really notable individuals. So, what's next for Stacy? Yeah, I did recently leave. Um, I know I'm kind of all over the place from magic to fintech to beauty. <laughs> so who knows what's next? But uh, no, um, you know, I, I decided to leave a couple of months ago. Um, and I, um, for no other reason than I, I'm ready to pursue something new. I'm just not entirely sure what that is for me next. So I've spent the last couple of months sort of exploring, talking to many different people in my network and figuring out, you know, I know I want to stay in this startup chaotic life. Um, I love to build and I love, um, you know, joining companies where I get this amazing opportunity. Um, so now I'm just looking at different types of roles within operations. Um, so people operations, product operations, um, and just figuring out that sweet spot where, you know, uh, some of my passions lie and my skills meet. So still figuring it out, but I'm excited to, to try something new and sort of move on, um, and expand my skill set in a different area of a company. Well, you certainly have a lot to pull from with, you know, given everything that you've done and, and all of the scaling and, and all of the visibility that you've had um, and really running, you know, the the back engine of these executives who are doing these crazy, you know, crazy, crazy undertakings. I think there's an incredible amount to pull from with that. And um, just the, you know, the organizational abilities, the project management abilities, the Having, having touched so many different buckets. Um, and we've had a lot of people as well on the program talking about how they've, you know, translated some of those experiences um, into roles outside of the EA um, kind of walls. So there's, there's certainly a good precedent of people using the EA role as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to pivot and do something in the operational realm. So we always ask this of our guests, so um, you probably know what's coming. But my final question to you is if you could support anyone throughout 
the course of history, who would you select and why? Yeah, this is hard. I know everyone says that. <laughs> um, and I'm going to go with sort of a non-traditional answer and maybe a little bit of a silly answer because it's not realistic. But um, I would support um, any or all of the EAs that I've worked with in the past in, in terms of like a PA sort of scope. Um, I, you know, every person that I've worked with in the past, every EA that I've worked in the past is like, oh my God, I, I don't, you know, I'm amazing at what I do, but my personal life is a mess or, you know, unorganized <laughs> or like, I don't focus on it or whatever it may be and right. myself included. And so to be, and I've worked with some of the most amazing people, um, you know, that I've ever met who are now like super close friends. So if I could be a, a personal assistant for any of them um, and uh, sort of give them what they, you know, give back to them what they've given, um, that's what I would do. Um, that actually, you might be getting hit up with a lot of requests. (laughs) (laughs) That might be a lot more realistic than you think. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. EA to the EAs. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Totally. I think that's really sweet. Um, and really sadly true. Yes. (laughs) Great. Well, this has been really fun. I really enjoyed hearing your story of you know, how you got, how you got to this role and all of the different things that, um, that you surmounted in supporting someone like Emily and what an interesting story you have to tell. It's really, really, really great. Um, thank you for sharing it with us. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me tell it and for having me on. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. If you've enjoyed being part of our podcast community and are interested in becoming part of our candidate community, we're currently hiring for roles in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and Los Angeles. You can visit us at www.mavenrep.com to see some of the roles we're currently working on and to submit your resume.